And welcome back in another edition Stripe Show podcast. Hope you're having a great week. I know this gentleman uh, next to me is having a, a terrific week because he's he's back to his old ways again. One of his pupils back in the winner circle once again. I can't even imagine how many wins this man has had with his students since uh, he's been teaching on the lesson tee. One of the greats uh, of all time. And uh, he's joining us here today on the podcast, Mr. David Ledbetter. Thanks for joining us, David. Uh, thanks, Travis. Thanks for the nice introduction, too. Thank you. Yeah. Well, this is uh, an honor. You and I have done some things um, over the years, had some conversations about the game of golf, the golf swing, uh, the ever-changing of the sport. And uh, one of your guys, Patrick Reed, uh, that you started working with a while back, um, pretty impressive there. Farmers Insurance opened five shot win and uh, he, he looks he looks like he's pretty poised here to have a big season you know we know he can putt we know his short game is good but his full swing what you've been working on uh, seems to be moving in the right direction he seems optimistic yeah you know I mean look he look he had a <clears throat> had a great record prior to coming to see us and so uh, I mean he obviously was with his longtime coach Kevin Kirk and mm -hmm. everything's an evolution we know that I mean you know, sometimes you need a, a fresh set of eyes you need some uh, different input and so on and so obviously they had a, a, a had a great time uh, but so yeah so we we looked at it and you know interestingly enough I mean look we know I mean I would say when you look at Patrick I mean his short game I mean when you take all all department so we say chipping putting bunker play pitching i mean i don't think there's anybody better overall i mean there may be maybe better players in each individual area but overall you put it all together uh, i doubt it i mean because it's, it's amazing he's got you know we call him magic hands and mm -hmm. i think magic hands actually helped him with the rest of his game for the most part you know i mean we've essentially you know i, I looked at it and just wondered, okay, do I want to take on this task? But then I looked at it and I thought, you know, this this guy, he's he's determined. I mean, he's got, I mean, an amazing mindset as far as he just wants to win. Yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't care about the money. It's just all about trophies. And he said, look, I, I I've just been. You look at my, you look at my stats over the last few years, and it's true. I mean, he he really, uh, I mean, as good a short game as he had. I mean, he actually wasn't inside the top hundred in any year since he's turned pro. Uh, essentially, where he was in uh, in either fairways hit or greens in regulation. So, mm -hmm. if you look at that, if you can sharpen up that part of the game. And essentially, you know, we've sort of tried to take the curve out of the shots, a lot more curve out of it. And uh, as I said, you know, look, it's, you know, I noticed Brandon Chambly uh, saying, oh, well, you know, why did he go and see David? Because it's a power game now. So, you know, it's all about power. Which is nonsense. I mean, you know, it's not all about power. I mean, not everybody's going to be a Bryson DeChambeau. And maybe with the new rulings that the USGA and RNA are bringing in, they, it might not be about power in the future. But the thing is, you know, essentially the great players throughout history have been great iron players. And to me, if Patrick was able to somehow, you know, hit his iron shots closer, because if that guy gets inside 10 feet, I mean, watch out, you know. So, yeah. so uh, you know, so that's, that's essentially what we're working, you know, worked on. And, you know, we've done a few little different things and, uh, you know, my instincts and my eye over the years, having worked with so many great players, uh, you know, I, 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 so we came up with a plan. And so the yeah. plan is something we're sticking at and it's, it's, a, it's still a work in progress. It's not, it's not the 
he's not a finished article by any stretch of the imagination. But I mean, he he saw he saw he's seen enough good stuff over the last few weeks, and obviously this week. I mean, yes, I mean, his short game was top-notch, but he, he still, under pressure, hit a tremendous number of good shots, a lot of great wedge shots, full wedge shots, but not chip shots or pitch shots. And so, so yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's been a lot of fun working with him. And, uh, and I say, I just think that the, the potential for this guy to... Look, he wants to be number one. There's no doubt about it. Right. That's his goal. That's his quest. Right. And so I think, I mean, with that guy's short game, and if you, we can get his long game, up to parody, I mean, it's like, whoa, watch out. Yeah. I would imagine as a, as a coach, like you said, you're, you're sitting here, you're thinking, do I want to take this on? Um, yeah. You know, and you're like, man, the guy can really putt. He's got a great short game. He's, mm. he can be a little erratic, you know, with his ball striking. But to your point, it's like, if we can just dial that in a little bit. I mean, this guy, who, who knows? The ceiling could be really high. Yes, he is giving up some distance. I mean, he's in that 290 yard range. Um, but, if he can be in the upper third of ball striking, I mean, who knows? Yeah, just just how good Patrick Reed can be. Let me ask you this, David. I see him doing the drill a lot, and I heard the comments you refer to, you know, with Randall, and and I also heard him talk about, you know, he's doing this drill and, you know, playing golf swing versus, you know, going out and playing. But I know it's a drill, and Patrick's using it to probably to kind of do some discovery and then just go out and, off he goes, right, and plays the game. And we know with Patrick, he's going to play the game. I mean, he is as mentally tough as I've ever seen next to Tiger. I mean, really. I mean, over the over the years. The guy can take on so much pressure. It's incredible. But he's doing this drill, David, I want to ask you. It, and to me, it looks like perhaps he's changing, you know, the left wrist condition a little bit um, where he's trying to flex it or flatten out a little and then, you know, and then just turn – versus you know historically maybe he had a little more cup or extension in the wrist which um could lead to a little more hands or flip however you want to look at that impact is, is that accurate when he's doing the drill or is it kind of something different uh yeah it it, it, it appears that way but you know i i mean i know a lot of the guys obviously are going through this sort of the you know the, yeah. the, the dustin look and yeah. uh you know i'm not a, i'm not a huge fan of it to be perfectly frank i think mm-hmm. for some players i mean i think somebody like maybe even a jordan Spieth, i don't think it's been the best the best approach i mean that's my opinion i mean i mean i've always i mean if you ask me who has one of the best positions up top there i would tell you henrik stenson because mm-hmm. i love that neutral position you know yeah. mm-hmm. and although i say look it's it's worked i mean let's face it i mean you go back you can go back to trevino or palmer but those shut face players actually maybe i mean hey who cares these days i mean they're making millions of dollars and you know if they retire at 40 then that's fine but then mm-hmm. you know that if you look at trevino and palmer they didn't have lengthy careers because that's a, a strong man's move that so mm-hmm. with patrick uh getting back to patrick now it appears that way we you know we've made a grip to, essentially we've got the club face he feels that way at times just because we're getting a club face in a more neutral more to him, what feels slightly closed. He's always mm-hmm. been a very open-faced player. You know, he fanned it open going back, and then he basically fanned it closed coming through, and there's a lot of forearm and wrist rotation through impact. So we sort of try to calm the face down to a large extent, and he he feels actually, he doesn't feel it in his, in his left wrist more than in his right wrist, trying to sort of almost hold that angle at the back of okay. the right wrist where it, so the club face, everything is all about the club face. To me, it's mm-hmm. like so much of the golf swing, you can relate back to the club face and what players do in order to get the club face back on the ball, right? And so um, 
the the interesting thing is that's the first thing we looked at was to get let's get that club well we worked on posture and we worked on a number of things and yeah now i'm a big believer in drills and exercises in order to sort of enhance the feel for the swing i mean we don't right. want to play golf swing out there we understand i mean it's probably it's a little bit more technical maybe at times but he's, he's a great one to be able to compartmentalize things and be able to sort of just put that stuff aside and he said mm-hmm. listen david he said look i can get the ball around regardless i just i just want to know i'm working in the right direction <laughs> and one of the things you look i mean he's always had that sort of cuppy look at the top the face mm-hmm. would get open coming down and so we worked on sort of shortening the backswing somewhat getting the the arm plane flatter getting it more compact getting the face in a more neutral position so he could actually use his body to rotate through rather than you know, I mean, say so you get that club. I mean, you talk about cup, you know, the face being open at the top. Well, it was really open coming down. And mm. so you'd have to sort of force the, you know, force the, the forearms to sort of work over time. And, you know, as a consequence, you know, you, you I mean, he'd sort of hit this pull draw, you know, where you mm. aim, honestly, 20, 30 yards right at times. I mean, and and we know, you know, in order to fade, you had that big sort of helicopter finish. And I said, you know, that, that's one thing we're going to get rid of. Patrick and he said, "No, we're not." I said, "Yes, we are. You watch. You haven't you haven't seen him with it lately, you know. These no. beautiful little fades this week yeah. without without that sort of funky finish. So you know, it's a it's a you know it's a work in progress. You know, it's and so we're doing it little by little. And you know, I mean, when I worked with Sir Nick Faldo back in the day, I mean, it was like a two year plan what we worked on. You you can't do that these days. I mean, you got to yeah. you got to work things while they're playing, while they're working at things. You know, so." Um, is it almost like uh, you know? It's one of those. It's one of those things that uh, it's. It's. I say he's. He's very excited about it. He can yeah. see. He can see the progress. And you know, with a player like him, who's super, super confident and believes in himself, uh, you know, it's. Uh, it's. It's going to be interesting to see what he's going to do in the next few years. I got. I got to ask you an honest question. When as a as a teacher, because I was, you know, like when when you're working with players and. And, and sometimes as a teacher and you look at it and you're so for certain on where you want to go and how you want to do it. And then sometimes you get in there and you do it and the player pushes back, right? Or, yeah. or something else happens where he's just not getting it. And, and sometimes sure. the, the club face, as you know, David, can be a delicate thing, right? Like sure. you, you go in there and all of a sudden you close that face a little earlier coming down and the player's so used to it being open you know, and, they, and now all of a sudden they're hitting hooks or, or whatever, right? And, and, and right. they kind of start losing their way and they get caught in between. How how nervous do you get or do you get nervous? That's probably not the right word. But when you start making, <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, yeah. it's real. Like, I felt that I can only really imagine how many times you felt it with all the great players you've worked with and have helped. Like, you get in there and you get in those trenches and you really don't know, do you? I mean, it's just you're hoping that it pans out and they, and they start to come out on the other side quickly, but sometimes it takes longer. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously every case is different. Um, and, uh, you know, look, who would think, okay, so here's a master's champion. The guys won a world golf championship. The first thing we did was change his grip. And you think what, I mean, surely this guy, surely this guy must have a good grip, right? Yeah. But once he understood, I mean, we actually weakened his right hand, believe it or not, not strengthened it. We weakened mm-hmm. his right hand to actually get the club face what he felt. You, you'll see him in his little rehearsals, you know, similar to a Dustin, uh, a Justin Thomas. Justin sort of almost rota- rotates the face going back, mm-hmm. and then he actually doesn't do it when he swings it, and he sort of has a look at it, you know, that sort of little 
look that you know Mike Weir used to do years ago. Yeah, and still does. Uh, and um, I mean, a lot of players are doing that now. It's almost like a, a, a the modern waggle, shall we say? Right. And if you look at pra- uh, Patrick now, he sort of gets it into sort of almost an ultra shut position there, right? Because you know his 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 was a you know I'm not a big believer in you know the old theory of okay, well when it's parallel to the ground, the toe must be straight up and down. You know that right. that that's gone by the wayside now, and so. You know, so Patrick really is feeling, I mean, he's, he's, he's the face position. I, I just knew looking at him, look, if we can somehow get his face in position, his body's going to, his body movement's going to change. His, mm-hmm. his release pattern is going to change. So it was all about the face. And so I was pretty confident really that we were on the right track and he could see, he could see different. If, the interesting initially, okay, this is, this is funny to say. Okay. So the first <laughs> moment he went to play in was, uh, the PGA at Wentworth. Oh, we've had a solid week. Mm-hmm. Then he went out of there with my associate, Sean Hogan. Sean was with him because I wanted to keep him on track and say, okay, we're going to do this every day, every day, every day. But we actually, believe it or not, we got him to use his old grip with his short game because I was so worried that, you know, that with this new grip that he would actually get, because, you know, he's one of those players with a short game. He gets a face opening beautifully and then clips everything. I mean, hardly takes a divot with anything, uh-huh. even off the, you know, off the tightest lie, or even off the, into the grade. It's just a clip, right? And so he uses the bounce perfectly. So it, he, he, so we had to figure out, I mean, the first week it was quite interesting. He said, geez, I've got two grips going, one for my short game and one for my long game. And we left it like that because I say, you know, the, he tried, he, he tried with the, with the new grip, he tried with the short game, he got the face shut and he's never used to be playing from a, a slightly shut club face, right? Yeah. So, you know, these are things as, as coaches and teachers, you sort yeah. of have to sort of mix and match a little bit there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's a little, as, as you know, there, Travis, I mean, it's, it's instinct, it's, uh, it's uh, experience and, uh, mm-hmm. and it's, it's some trial and error as well. I mean, there's no yeah. doubt about it. It's like, we, you know, you don't hit on everything the first time and, especially yeah. the way that you communicate things. But, you know, the way, I mean, a lot of people ask me, how do you know what you're going to work on with a player? And, you know, <laughs> after me, I mean, I had to think about that, you know, a few years ago. And yeah. I came to the conclusion, you know, what I do, I'm pretty visual and I actually see a swing in my mind, how I think that person could or should swing and mm-hmm. how the ball's going to react. So it's not, you know, forget 3D analysis, et cetera, et cetera, and track man. It's like, I just see in my mind how I think this person could or should swing and it's like and i my my good friend jj Rivet, who's one of the world's leading biomechanics says you're very lucky david i said why is that jj he said well you have biomechanical eyes and i said oh okay whatever that means so, but you know it, it's yeah. you know it, the fact is you sort of try to piece things together and you look mm-hmm. you know golf swings an amazing movement when you think about it and it's like you know that you think of the the stuff that's been written over the years. I mean, my goodness, about about something which is relatively simple. We're still trying to diagnose and figure out what's going on, and we've got all the technical tools in the world now to try to do that. And mm-hmm. it's still it's still somewhat of a mystery. Let's face it. You know, to hit on the right thing and to be able to get through to that player. Because remember, say standing on the practice tee is one thing, and being able to carry it out into the golf course is completely another. Yeah. Yeah, it's. Um, I think you hit it on the head. It, 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 there's, there's still some mystery in it, but you just never know until you get in there and you start moving things around, and then the player yeah. has an opinion and they push back or they agree, and the ball has yeah. to respond. And there's just a lot of moving parts. I, I, I it's so funny you said that because my next question was, you know, how has changing the face affected the short game? Clearly, it hasn't. But you're saying that he kind of goes back to the 
other grip around no, no, the No, no, he did initially. Initially, oh, he did, now, but no, he's, he's, okay. he's, he's sort of got the one grip going now. Um, oh, okay. so he's, he's, we figured out, okay, how he can actually sort of create the same face position okay. with this new grip. So, but the first week, it was just it was just too much going on to sort yeah. of try to throw that in. So that, that yeah. it's just interesting to, that we, that he did that at Wentworth. He finished third. I mean, he had a good chance of winning it. Yeah, but, uh, you know. So it mean. So that's always that's always a good sign, you know, when somebody sort of can sort of play with what they're working on. I remember when we first started working with Lydia Ko. I mean, she won first tournament straight out the box, and uh, I mean, we actually worked on her face position too, and mm -hmm. uh, that was the first thing we did. And I'm, I'm a big believer in that that the face, well, ultimately controls everything. And you know, how yeah. you, I mean, some players are shut face players, some players are more open face players, and. You know, mm -hmm. how you get how you get the club coming back into impact is what it's all about. It's yeah. Like, you know, to, I I had it wrong. I you know, when I was watching the rehearsals, you know, he's feeling it more in the right hand and and, and I was saying he's probably feeling a little more flexion, but he's feeling the right hand more bent. Yeah. Uh, yeah but that's absolutely. countered with the grip that's countered with the grip change and, and the, the yeah. lead arm the lead arm kind of a little more around him and all of a sudden the face is a little bit more closed and but yeah. he's not con he's not consciously flexing the wrist at all. No, no, not at all. Okay. But and it's it's like, you know, there's more of a pushing sensation getting that clap face, you know, rather than it sort of coming in sort of in that I mean, you know, if he was gonna hit like a little flop shot where you sort of open yeah. the face and slide the club under, I mean that's why I said to him, I said, that's why <laughs> I said that's why you have such a great. That's why you had such a or have such a good short game because yeah. every shot you hit basically was the same the same approach. I mean, with that open face and then somehow try to close it down with the full mm -hmm. swing. And that's, you know, it's 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 yeah, it's very very interesting. And the, the, the great thing about it is that his body movement is starting to work uh, as a result. His body he's starting to move up to the ball now rather mm. than to hang back and spin out and you mm -hmm. know, flip the forearm. So you know you can see try, through impact we're trying to get where that. The, the 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 right hand is sort of hanging hang, hanging on to that angle longer. So he's uh he's starting to see it. Starting to it's interesting. He's not putting as much he's not putting as much spin on his wedge shots now either. There's a little less spin that uh, he's able to get the club releasing better. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's all sort of you know it's essentially you know, sort of coming together. I mean, look, it's still early early yeah. days. And but, uh, the players time. who can the players who do have a little more extension in that left wrist and and. Mm are comfortable with that. I think of Mickelson. Mm. Uh, I think of Ernie Els, who you you know a thing or two about. Um, these guys have soft, they have good hands. They have soft hands, right? And they and they know yeah. how to slide the club head past the ball. Yeah, yeah. And exactly. and and Patrick, I, I'm not I don't think there's anybody better than him in letting that club head pass and to your point clip it, not take a divot. I mean he had some just incredible shots, you know, on on Sunday. That the bunker shots were great. That one, I can't remember in the front, super tight lot. I mean, it was a little hanging, I and mean, there was no grass under it. You know, it almost looked a little muddy, and it was just like, oh. Yeah, no, no, he's a, he's a genius around the green. No, he quite, is. Yeah, I mean, really is. And so, I mean, when you take, when you have a player who has those assets, that if they can, they can get confidence in their long game, and say that's that's the exciting thing for me because I say this guy, plus with his attitude. I mean, his attitude is like, yeah, you know, it's amazing. I mean, he just doesn't believe he can't do anything. You know, and it's like he's okay. You know, I, I'm ready for it. Let's let's go. You know, th throw it at me. And so, so he, a little bit like uh, say his same attitude as as in the early days as, as Nick Faldo and actually even Nick Price. I mean, there's there's a certain there's certain an attitude that these great players have that they just know that they 
what they what they've got within themselves in order to you know to get to where they want to get to. Yeah. Patrick, the student, right? As since you get to know him, you guys work now. You, you started. You, you guys did a few things at the U.S. Open, right? Uh, uh, well, I post U.S. Open, we really started the week. He flew down on the Monday after U.S. Open. You know, okay. he, he was leading after two rounds and then yeah. sort of blew it the last couple of rounds. And he, yeah. You know, uh, so, uh, I mean, which he's quite confident saying, you know, if I had what I had now, I would have won that thing by five shots. You know. So you guys have known each other for a while. Patrick, Patrick, yeah. the student that he's out there, he's ready to go. Is he, is he all ears where he's just going to do what you want him to do? Or is he, does he want to know why you're telling him to do it? No, no, he wants to know why he's very, he's very curious and inquisitive. And, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, he's, I definitely wants to know why. But once he's once he understands it, uh, he's he's full throttle. I mean yeah. that that's which is which is good. I mean you know you get a lot of players that, you know I mean okay you can question to a point, but you can't yeah. question every single thing that the coach is going to suggest to you because otherwise you're never going to get anything uh, accomplished. But you never uh, had any those. Uh, have you? He, you know he, he's, he's pretty clear on what he wants to do, yeah. and, and that's what we try to do. We try to we try to create sort of a blueprint for him for a plan because to me that's really important going forward. You. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, it, it's like you can't just react to every day. And, and as we said, look, you're going to have good days and bad days. There's going to be times where, you know, you're going to be overdrawing or you, it's not coming it's, it's, you know, it's not coming back the way you want it to, or you, you know, your fade's not working. Or yeah, you know, I mean, it's going. To, I mean, this, look, this is not a this is not a yeah. perfect game. We know that. And mm -hmm. so, so, but we're, you know, it's it's a it's it's a, one of those things which is a it's it's a great study. From my standpoint, it's really interesting because, I say, he is a he's a very interesting character, and he, mm -hmm. he, he uh, I, I, I honestly think that say that he could really achieve some amazing things. I say, you know, assuming he stays healthy, and uh, yeah. you know, we, we we still hit it off, which uh, we seem to at this point in time. And, and I'm probably old enough that he sort of listens to me and thinking, oh, well, he's got a little bit of experience here. So. <laughs> but, you know, it's fun. It's, you know, that's yeah. a great thing. I mean, look, you know, you know yourself, look, it's rewarding when you coach and you teach, yeah. isn't it? I always said back in, from way back in the day, it's the next best thing to actually do it yourself. You know, mm -hmm. the, I mean, yeah, would I like to have been a, a great player? Absolutely. But I mean, mm -hmm. you know, this is, this is the next best thing. And if you can, if you can play a little role in, in, in these players' uh, careers, it's uh, it's exciting. I mean, sure. It's uh, it's. I mean, is it good for business? I suppose over the years, absolutely. You, know, sure. you get the recognition and one thing or another. Yeah. Uh, but you know, for the, for the most part, it's like it's it's that sort of reward that you have. Yeah. Okay. Like we're we're working, and it's a team thing. You know. I mean, it, and it's not. You know, we've got other people involved too, from a nutritionist. You know, that he's starting to work with now, which sounds interesting with Patrick, because you know his diet was not necessarily the the greatest in the world. You know, I'm a mm -hmm. bit of a health nut, so. You know, I said, well, listen, you know, I can't tell the difference between your breakfast, lunch, and dinner, actually, Chum. So, uh, you know, let's let's figure out what you're going to eat on the golf course. And so he's, he's all ears, and he, you know, yeah. he says, look, I just want to get better in every area. And so, even from a workout standpoint, we're sort of getting him into a sort of a workout plan, and mm -hmm. so just little little things. I mean, not he's not going to be, look, he's not going to be like Bryson having nine protein shakes yeah. a day or anything, but uh, just little things in different areas as a coach, because I've always felt that look, it's a the holistic approach to Mm -hmm. coaching right it's not just the one element and as, as a coach you try to find experts in their field to sort of help help people help your students along mm -hmm. let me ask you this as we kind of transition a little bit from patrick now just a couple questions just about coaching in general as you mm -hmm. see it um 
on the tour. I mean, it's it's a very different landscape now than it was, say, 25 years ago. You've been out there um, for a long time with a, a very long list of players. There's just so much available now. There's so much, um, you know, information, and there's uh, so many just quote unquote specialists, and you know, there's just there's just a lot of there's a lot of resources right available, yeah. and it feels like the shelf life of coaches and, and, and players is getting shorter. And, you know, it's just part of the business, you know, people are moving around trying to gain an edge and this and that, you know, what, what's your attitude now as you take on a player um, and has it changed, you know, say over the last 25 years, you said something here that really registered with me. It's, it's, you don't have two years right? Like maybe you did 25 years ago where you had a, a little longer runway to have an impact with the player where right. now you feel the pressure as a coach that you don't. Is that, is that accurate as, as far as like, you know, fitting into your overall attitude and your approach to a player now that comes up to you say, Hey, can I, can I have some help? How do you approach it? Well, you, you always realize probably nothing forever. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's probably like a, a player caddy relationship. You know, you don't, I mean, you've seen players and caddies, you know, whether it be Phil and Bones or, you know, obviously Tigers, uh, you know, we, we know his history with caddies and he's kept them for a long time. And it's like that you, you, you've seen players and caddies change and you've seen players and coaches change. I mean, there's a lot of good coaches out there now. There's basically, mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of people with a lot of knowledge and um, uh, it, it is one of those things that, you know, players, look, it's human nature, right? You want to get better and you think that maybe this player, uh, or, or, or this coach maybe I'd like to get some more information. I mean, it's interesting. You look at Victor Hovland. I mean, I, I don't think he has a full-time coach. I think he gets all his information on YouTube or just chats with different people and gets little bits of information, tidbits here and there, you know? So uh, I'm not sure if he has a full-time coach or not, but the rumor has it he doesn't. But uh, uh, I think he, Jeff Smith, I think he is, I think he's working with Jeff. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. Well, anyway, that, that, yeah. that was the story for a while. Anyhow. Yeah. So, uh, but, uh, you know, it's, I mean, there's a lot of, yeah, as I say, it's, it's, it's nothing forever. You know, I mean, people do surprise you whether it be a Lydia Co who was, number one in the world and had the best record in, in golf, really, and, you know, wanted to make a change. I mean, you think, well, why would you want to do that? But uh, that's human nature. They, people want to make a change. They make a change. Sometimes it's for the better. Sometimes it's for the worse, you know? Yeah. And so it's, uh, um, I, uh, you know, I, look, I, I, I hear what you're saying, and it's like, look, all, all, you, all you can do as a coach is, like, you give it 100%. Mm -hmm. You hope you, you hope that uh, – the, that helps the player because that's what we're out there to do, right? We're mm -hmm. out there to help, to be able to assist in order to help the player to reach their goals. And uh, it's, uh, you know, the times where things need freshening up and whether it be with, you know, Kevin Kirk, it's not that he's a, he became a bad coach overnight. It's like, hey, yeah, right. you, want something, you want to hear something different, you know? Right. So, yeah. um, you know, it's uh, it's just one of those, uh, it's, it's, it's a tricky profession these days because mm -hmm. people uh you know, there's always a, there's lots of coaches around there. I think, you know, some coaches, I think there are some young coaches personally who might not have the experience and uh, they, you know, you, you get hold of a track man and you think, okay, well, I can actually teach everybody now. I know all about it. And right. uh, it's like, but look, I mean, as you did, look, I came up through the trenches, right? I mean, I taught, you know, mm -hmm. club golfers and still do. So, so 
and I, you know, I never had the advantages of videos. I had instinct that I could t use. And mm -hmm. so a, a lot of times this technology can actually not allow a, a coach to use their instincts. I mean, one of the things we do with our, with our teachers, you know, we have got obviously got 35 academies with about 120 registered coaches and say, hey, some of the times I don't want you to teach the video or TrackMan or any technology. You're just going to go there and eyeball it. Can you do that? Mm -hmm. I mean, one of the greatest teachers of all time was John Jacobs. And, you know, here's a guy that, I mean, if you look, if you read it, say, wow, well, that's, there's no, there's no depth to that uh, material that he puts out. But yet again, you know, there was a guy yeah. that could, I mean, he helped tour players, he helped, you know, average golfers, beginners. I mean, and so uh -huh. yeah, he didn't have, he didn't even use video. So it's like, you know, so, I mean, as a coach, I mean, we, we look, having, having the knowledge and, whether it be from an uh, anatomy, whether it be just understanding physics, whether it be you know, understanding uh, the basics of biomechanics. I mean, yeah, there's a lot out there, but ultimately, what is it? What, what do we need all that information for? So we can actually teach in a simple manner. I mean, yeah. it, it seems to be that in many respects, you know, in the, uh, that teaching has got way more complex than it ever was in the past and people actually have less time to play in practice i mean yeah. look if you're talking about you know top level players or top juniors or college players or tour players or whatever mini tour players doesn't matter at that level fine but i mean the masses out there are, are still need something just to sort of hey how do i get an airborne how do i fix my slides how do i you know maybe hit it five yards further how yeah. do i improve my putting. So, I mean, we, we've got to look at it that, you know, most coaches and teachers, I mean, I remember being at a seminar and that they wanted to know all the ins and outs of sort of the, the final, the fine, the finer touches of teaching a tour player. I said, well, how many people here teach anybody under a four handicap? You know, and it's yeah. like, like two people put their hands up and I said, well, you know, that's, it's all well and good, but you know, you're teaching a different language. You're not going to, you know, watching Dustin Johnson hit balls is not going to help Mrs. Habersack play better golf. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's true. Um, and I think there's, there's no, um, substitute for the experience of getting in there and the trial and error and learning from it is, that's the exciting thing for me. You, you keep learning and you, you learn different ways of communicating and saying things. So, you know, I never, I never poo poo, anybody else's instruction I, I might have certain preferences and i might mm -hmm. say yeah that's 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 iffy but i remember you know back in the day okay this is going back a ways okay yeah one of the most popular teachers for a period of time was jimmy ballard right now jimmy yeah. ballard a pretty you know uh, he had a the uh, old right the, yeah yeah you know yeah the yeah. connection and yeah. move off the ball and yeah. you know and it's like you know and people were looking at that like, wow how the heck you know that's that's never going to work so you know he but he was you know i mean he had a lot of his thoughts and theories and and he helped a lot of players especially yeah. people like hal sutton and curtis strange i mean at the time were you know two of the best players out there so you know you never say never because i say you can, right. there's always different ways of doing things and we realize you know i'm speaking to I was speaking, I gave a lesson to a guy today and he's very good friends with uh, Tom Weisskopf, who sadly is pretty ill at the moment. But mm. I mean, if you go back in the day, I mean, you know, Gary Player will tell you, Tom Weisskopf was probably had more natural talent to strike a golf ball than even, yeah. his, you know, his great friend and foe, Jack Nicklaus, you know. Yep. And, you know, he had a certain trait to swing, you know, as they did back in the 70s and 80s, early 80s, you know, the big reverse C and high finish and, you know, yeah. one thing or another. Uh, you know, so things change, things evolve. And, uh, 
you know, we, we as coaches and teachers, we must evolve and look at all the things that are out there. And, and you know, I mean, uh, when, I remember when I first came to the States, I went to a, a teaching seminar that PJ put on and Gary Wyron, who, you know, the yeah, um, flight laws. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, Gary, I mean, you know, he ran the PGA education uh, department yeah. and uh, he always said, you know, he said, you know, David, he said, you know, we who did teach must never cease to learn. And that, that, that always struck home with me mm. uh, and so struck a chord with me because it's like that. And that's true. Never close your mind because and, and look at things and say, because, you know, you, you're never, you're never going to be all things to all people as a coach. No. Never, okay. So some people like what you say. Some people just like what you say. All you can do is 100 percent. Try to be as open minded as you can. Learn as much as you can and, and see if you can help as many people as you can. Yeah. You know, I. I over the last couple of years since leaving the golf channel, I've been able to build a pretty good following and platform. And, and I get a lot of some younger teachers coming up to me and they say, Hey, I really like your content, your videos, you know, what's your secret? And I said, well, the first thing I think you have to understand is who is your audience? You know, who, who do you want to speak to, you know, and then start speaking to them in a way that they can understand what you're trying to do. I think most teachers are speaking to other teachers, you know, so I think when they publish stuff or whatever it is, I think there's always that level of dialogue that's to other teachers. And I always just, my, my deal is when I post stuff, I'm speaking to amateurs, <laughs> you know? So it can come across a bit at times, maybe vanilla or uh, simple to other teachers that they've defined it. And I'm, like, I'm okay with that, right? Wow. Because I don't, you know, I don't need to layer in that level of complexity into these videos and articles in 3D or TrackMan because I know that the average player, like, they're just like, what? You know, and, and, and the sexiness is only to the other teachers to prove that, yeah, I know what that means or how that works. Or So I just, I think we get caught up in that a little bit. And that's just today's world with the platforms and, um, yeah. you know, but I, I say, like, know who your audience is and then go and then go speak to them. And the beauty of social media of and where I live and make my business in is, is that there's, it's the, I call it the 85%, David, 85%. They don't, they're not going to show up on your lesson T or mine and take a lesson, but they love golf. They want to be entertained and they want to learn a little bit. And that's kind of how I package, you know, all of my stuff is to the 85%. And then also speaking to the other 15 who, who want to purchase a lesson or whatever. Um, yeah. So it's a, it's a big, rich market there to go get, but I think you have to find your voice and you, and you have to go, you have to be willing to go down that lane. My goal has never been to teach tour players. I, I've done a little bit in the past, but I've just never really, it just never motivated me. They made me too wacky. You know, like I found myself, I found myself like, can't, I could I don't even know how you do it. I can't even think about anything else when, when a player is playing. Like my kid could be standing there you know, with his hair on fire, I'm not even sure I would know because I'm looking at my phone and, oh my God, he just bogeyed the knife. You know, right. <laughs> you know how it yeah. is, right? Yeah, being there, down there. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. All right, last what? thing. It had to feel pretty good for Patrick to win, to stick it in there and needle Brandle just a little bit, didn't it? Yeah, you know, look, Brandle, I, mean, I, I mean, I used to coach Brandle, so I know Brandle pretty well. And he, you know, look, he, he, in some ways, he's very good for the game. He's very opinionated, yeah. but I just don't, I think it's almost like a personal vendetta, you know, which yeah. is, is totally wrong. I mean, 
So for a start, he doesn't really know Patrick Reed personally. He doesn't know his upbringing. He, uh, you know, and, and the fact is, okay, you know, to actually basically blatantly call him a cheat is just pathetic, in my opinion. I mean, which is really what he did. And he went on and on and on and on and on, you know. And it's like, I, 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 he tried to make himself feel good or sound better or make himself sound educated to his audience. I, I, I have no idea. But to me, to carry on like that is like, you know what? It's like, in the end... Patrick did nothing wrong. Okay, all right. Hey, he played. He played exactly by the rules. Okay, so so intent. Okay, well, he said, "Was well, it's the intent?" Okay, where's intent in the rule book? Where's intent when twenty-five people helped to push a boulder so Tiger had a shot in the desert in Phoenix? I mean, that's intent, right? I know if it's if it's intent, you shouldn't be able to move that boulder. Okay, so I mean, you know, he moved it. He moved it. So he played within the rules. I mean, it, it's like, you know, to go on and on and on and on about this. And the fact is that it took away from the golf. I mean, when you think in terms of like even, you know, on CBS uh, on, on Sunday, I mean, the fact is that the first 15 minutes were mm-hmm. roasting Patrick and then missed about the, the 60 foot or whatever he hold for an eagle on, on, you know, on the par five on, on seven or six or seven, whichever it was. And so, it, it, you know, it, it's to me that you're not there. I know we're living in an age where everybody wants to know everything about everybody else. And, you know, you only have to look at Twitter and half the people are for Patrick, half the people are against him, cheating and this and that. It's like, you know what? Hey, leave, leave it alone. Do me a favor, please. It's like, hey, the guy's, the guy's a great player. I mean, he could have had a four-shot penalty and won it. And, uh, I mean, and people say, oh, that's not the point. You know, it's the integrity. And it's like, well, integrity, you know, it's like, read the rule book. I mean, even, for example, shot players and say, oh, well, no, I would have waited and got somebody to come over. That's nonsense. I spoke to Maria Fassi's point. He says, I do that all the time. If I, I pick a ball up to see if it's plugged. Okay, so that's, that's what he did. And so, and funny enough, you know, my good friend, Mike Hulbert, who sort of works for CBS, he mm. said, you know, I went actually went out there and I put my finger in that hole and I felt that little indentation there. So, you know, I mean, the rules official, Brad Fable, who's a seasoned rules official, he's not going to let him get away with it. I mean, he's not going to be bullied by Patrick. I mean, hey, they've, you know, they give rulings to everybody out there. So, you know, he's, hey, he did the right thing. The rules official said, you know, so for Brown to carry on like that is pathetic, is my opinion. I mean, so, you know. Yeah. It's just, well, I think uh, I, was, uh, yeah. I was kind of referring to a little bit. I felt like he took a shot a little bit. Not a shot, but just, yeah, you know, when Patrick was doing his drills and, and you know, before he went out and, and didn't right, like right. the direction because he's not going to be gaining speed. And, um, right. you know, this is a tough thing to change for someone who's won eight times. And, yeah, you know, well, like, he, well, he, he certainly showed him, didn't he? <laughs> that's, what, that's what I was going to say. David, that had to feel Patrick win. Oh, yeah, from that yeah, standpoint. Yeah, yeah, yeah like you, know, you, you, like, could, you hey, could get that. A little bit of what they call, I don't know if they call it there in America, we call it comeupmanship in, in Britain, comeupmanship. Please yeah, tell me what that, that means. That, Please know, tell so me what that means. Like, yeah, stick it up, whatever, you know. Ah, uh, because it's like, the <laughs> matter is like, yeah, I mean, because there's Brad and say, oh, it's a, you know, why are you going to see David? It's a power game now. It's, like, it's not about necessarily power. He's got plenty, you know, he's got enough power, okay? He's not the most powerful guy out there, but he's, he's plenty powerful enough. And, uh, He's probably going to get more powerful because the fact is he's going to be swinging more efficiently. And he's going to be, I mean, as I say, great players have been great iron players uh, historically. And so that's that's the goal, really, to make him into yeah. like a, a, an amazing iron player. So it, it's, you know, I mean, some of that stuff, you know, I mean, you know, Brandle has an opinion and fine, people li- listen to it. And it's like, you know, but he's talking to, you know, 
20 handicappers wouldn't know what they what, they, what he's talking but, about. But you know, I'll, I'll I'll post some of this, but he won't see it because he blocked me a couple of years ago from right after I wished him luck at the senior British Open and I got blocked. I don't know. Oh, yeah. My wife says I'm a smart ass. I don't think I am, but maybe I was on Twitter and that's why I got blocked. <laughs> so uh, it, anyway, you know, I'll tell not you what. A, not a big loss. I'll finish with this. If Patrick Reed becomes a top third strokes gain approach player, he he's he is he's gonna win. He, he's gonna be in the Hall of Fame. I, I think. I mean he'll be he will be it'll put him in the Hall of Fame because he always got nine wins and a masters. So if his putting and short game is, you know, we know it's probably going to continue. If his approach game becomes from here to here, he's going to win 15, 16 times, a couple, couple major yeah, championships. Yeah. But that short game, I mean, goodness gracious, he is such a finesse genius. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. You know, look, we, we, we've got him now with the, we've got, we've got stats involved now, and we've sort of shown him, look, if you can do this and this and this, this mm-hmm. is what you can achieve. I mean, which is, uh, yeah. which I think it's great. That's one of the yeah. best things with stats because it, it shows you what your potential could be if you get to a certain level, right? Yeah. And so uh, he, uh, you know, he, he take it on board. And, uh, you know, look, I mean, look, it's, it, as I say, it's early days yet, but you don't want to get too carried away. But, I mean, it's, it's very good signs. And the fact is, look, if, it, if things carry on like this, I mean, I mean, I can only see him getting better and better and getting. Yep. I mean, because confidence for a player like him is huge, huge. Oh, and yeah. so, uh, if he if he believes what he's doing is right and he sees this consistency, more consistency week in and week out, which I think is what he was lacking. Yeah, he's won some. He's won. Mm-hmm. He's won a lot of tournaments. Let's face it, and he's done well. But I mean, he's done it sometimes the hard way, you know. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I mean, even even on Augusta, he was sort of leaking all a little bit. But you know, short game held him in there and yep. that, uh, you know that's i mean that's that's all that's great for the future too because it's going to be times where even when your swing feels great and you're going to come out certain days it's not there for whatever reason right but so yeah so it's a you know it's a challenge and um you know i mean i've, I've really i've really got to like him in many ways and I, I, his attitude i mean our kids at our junior academy it's like i said you know what you you have one tenth of his attitude, you know. You, you won't believe what you can achieve, yeah. not necessarily just in golf, but in life, because it's, mm-hmm. everything's all, yeah, I can do that. I can do that. It, everything's positive. It's, it's going forward. It's not like there's no negativity there at all in what he's trying to do. And it's like, you know, the only thing he gets upset with at times when he doesn't perform quite the way he feels he should do. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, so, uh, yeah, it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a fun, it's a project. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's well, approach. it's uh, it's um, man, it's going to be incredible to watch. I mean, we're going to see him at Genesis, uh, I, be- I believe, and then uh, yeah, he'll, no, he'll, he'll defend he'll, yeah, the WGC. No, he's not going to play. Uh, I think he was in Saudi Arabia this week. A few of the guys are playing over there, mm-hmm. and then he's not playing until I think uh, uh, the World Golf Championship. Okay, so he's, he's, so he's okay. got a couple of weeks off, you know. So okay. Yeah. Well, he'll be in our, he'll be in our backyard. WGC. Yeah. Yeah. They've got obviously the Florida swing is uh, quite a long one this year. You know, yeah. So. David, I appreciate it very much. Pleasure, Thank pal. you for keep, taking keep the up, time. Keep up the great work, mate. You're doing well. Mate. Let's take a second to talk about the guys and girls over at Encore Golf. Encore has earned a reputation of having the most cutting edge technology in their golf balls that the industry has seen in quite some time. Their team 
in Buffalo, New York, is changing the script of golf technology through the perimeter-weighted designs, use of high-density particles, and even a nano-transitional layer in their latest creation, which offers players enhanced accuracy and control for every shot on the course and extreme velocity off the tee. They already have their award-winning Elixir and Avant 55 golf balls, but the new Vero X1 is the highest performance ball to date with their full suit of golf balls. They are transforming the game for players of all skill levels. Visit EncoreGolf.com slash Travis Fulton for more details about their products that are revolutionizing the game. Now back to the Stripe Show podcast. 